Welcome back, everybody, to the Calling Your Club Sports Show. We on episode number two of season two. You are listening to the two brightest voices in sports. I am the immaculate Stacey Carter II. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the co-host, Natasha Claire. Yeah, that, that's all you got. That's what I got right now. Yeah, she's in, she's immaculate too. She just don't want to say it. Very modest. I'm just warming up. <laughs> <laughs> just warming up. Uh, before we get started, you, you know the uh, NBA, you know preseason number two kicked off, and we all saw how the games look. How they look to you? Like how the court and everything to play? How they look? Well, it, I feel like it's a it's a cool concept, right? To have everybody in the bubble, and I think that. Just looking at the court, the court is beautiful. I, I just think that they did a great job in, in, in the court, the spacing. I'm trying to have the entire court bubble, if you will, to look as advertising, but clean, social distancing, six feet apart. I think it looks good. I do think it looks good. The setup, the setup, the setup definitely looks good. I, I definitely approve of, of the NBA on that front. Yeah, they look good. WNBA look good, but... We got to start off today's episode with the NFL. A big trade went down, a huge trade went down involving all pro safety Jamal Adams. He is now a member of the Seattle Seahawks. He went for two first round picks, 2021, 2022, a 2021 third round pick and safety Bradley McDougley. They are now part of the Jets. This is a big trade. this been coming for a long time. Jamal Adams was rumored to be to get traded for a long time, and it finally happened. Obviously, this is a big acquisition for the Seahawks. It seemed like they're trying to have a renaissance, so to speak, on the old defense that was dubbed Legion of Boom. They're trying to bring that back, and if they also also they could find some way to bring Clowney back. It's just this trade is going to be more explosive and. The Seahawks, they look to be competitive for a while. I mean, we some we probably expect them to take a tumble after they lost that Super Bowl against the Patriots, but they've been staying afloat since then. They've been contenders yeah. since then. So, you know, mm-hmm. this is a good trade for them. As far as the Jets, I don't want to say this a loss because Jamal Adams was one foot in, one foot out mentally. Right. But, you know, you lose a big piece of your defense right there. But then again, they wasn't winning with him. So, mm-hmm. you know, they could they could flip these two uh, first-round picks they got coming up to something else. But uh, right now, it's, it's looking very good for the Seahawks. What, what you think about this trade overall? Well, I'm happy to see that Jamal Adams is now out of New York. That man wanted out of New York a long time ago, okay? Um, considering this is only his third year. He's only in his third year. Mm-hmm. One more year on his rookie contract. And that was what the basis of the argument was with the Jets. He was like listening to the senior management, um, the GM, and listen to Coach Adam Gase. He he wasn't hearing any talks about an extension, mind you. He still had a four, one more year to go, and that doesn't even include if they wanted to franchise tag him anyway. So we knew this was coming down the pipeline. Too bad he wanted to go to the, go to the Cowboys, but that mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> does that really? I mean, even if you want to go here and go there, like does that really happen unless you retire and come back like Robert Gronkowski? No. It doesn't happen that way. So so that was a long shot. But it was funny because it's like 
they try to like mend a relationship or it seemed like they were trying to mend it or whatever. But as soon as this trade was announced, this man was out of there. Like he was on IG live smoking a cigar uh, <laughs> with music. Like he was hilarious. It was hilarious. And, and it's also comes to like, he, this also come about after he, um, after he made some critical statements about, you know, the Jets GM or, or the, the, the head coach rather. Um, but I'm happy for him. It, good you know, out of there. And and then the Seahawks, as we all know, are not are not um shy with dealing these high draft picks. Like they gave it a lot for him. Like, you know what I'm saying? They gave it a lot for him. Two first round picks. And you two we saw back to back years. Back to back years. And we saw that um uh DeAndre Hopkins didn't even get one. When he don't bring right. Oh, all right. So yeah, like <laughs> So, so it's like they give up a lot, and of course the Jets are like, "Oh, we're not trading Jamal Adams. We get a significant offer. This is a significant, a significant offer. They got a lot back in return for him." Oh so, yeah. Um, but can we talk about this beef that they got going on between Le'Veon Bell and, and yes. Jamal Adams? Like out of nowhere, like where did it come from? Like I didn't know there was like uh, you know underlying beef. But then when this when this happened, when this news was announced, Le'Veon Bell wrote on Twitter and was just like. Because Twitter, everybody, everybody beef on Twitter. Everybody go to Twitter to beef, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or Instagram. We're not on Facebook with it. We on Twitter, right? And he says, all this hooting and hollering. Huh? Hold on. Mm. Le'Veon Bell, can we, let's not forget we can pull up tweets from 2017. We can pull up all the records. You was hooting and hollering too in 2017 to get, get out of there. And I don't really remember the reason Maybe, I mean, isn't that the same thing Jamal Adams wanted the money? So, I mean, and I and not to mention, if I please correct me if I'm wrong, Stacey, I'm pretty sure that the uh, the situation that he was in wasn't bad at the time, like you know, they had the three B's at the time. I mean, granted, you know, Antonio Brown was wilding, but you had, a, you had Big Ben as your, as your quarterback. Like, I don't understand what, what, what was the reason why you was holding hollering Jamal, I mean, uh, Le'Veon Bell, and now you calling this man out. Come on, Good, goodbye. Get out of here. With uh, that. That's what. That's what. That's what. That's what. That's what. That. What. That's what happens. That's what y'all do. You hoot and holler until you get out. You're not gonna go where you want to go, but you're gonna hoot and holler until you get out. Yeah, so talk yeah. to me, Stacey. Yeah, uh, Jamal Adams wanted out of there, and he he got what he wanted, and he's in a he's in a better situation. He's in a better situation because the the Seahawks are a better team. They are well coached. Uh, they are contenders. And he has an opportunity to to play up to his billing for one and for two to get that mass extension that he's been looking for. Now, as far as him and Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon got to understand, like you said, it's a business. Uh, of course, you pro- he was upset. I understand he was upset because Jamal recruited him to go to the Jets, you know. But then again, you know, things change, and that's that's. Matter of fact, I'd be mad at Adam Gaze, the head coach, if I was because he's the one that disrupted this whole thing. Nobody, I don't think half the team even like him. Mm. So I don't think nobody so. Like you got that, <laughs> yeah. And and that sucks if your your squad pretty much don't like you. And it's it's not even like a preference thing. I don't think about liking him or not. I think it's more or less about his coaching style. Him as a coach, what, what did he prove? He got fired from L. And now you act, now you with the Jets. 
Jax, we need to be building up. I don't even know if that man actually has a has a uh, um, firm reputation. I mean, he doesn't have, on his coaching styles and who he is as a coach and in his in his record. <laughs> Hello, let the numbers speak for itself. You know, so so I don't I don't blame anybody for not liking him. Adam Gates, Gates, whatever his name is. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he, yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully the Jets, they can tool up for the future. Cause my, uh, I've been, I've been keeping an eye on them. Like they had a lot of players, like a lot of good players come through, especially on their defense and they lose them. Like yeah. two or three years out of line. I remember they traded away um, Leonard Williams to D tackle last year mm-hmm. and they just selected him not right. too long ago. So that, right. that team going through a whole bunch of changes. It looks like the as Seahawks. Usual. Yeah, as usual. As business as usual. usual. It is business as usual, but you think about it like, we always say this about the Jets. Oh, see what the future looks like. Oh, see what these picks come out to be. Like, Jamal Adams was drafted number six overall um, in 2017 for the Jets. And you dish them away. Granted, you got 21 and 22 first-round picks, but, like, you still mm-hmm. still... We continuously say this about the Jets. Jets, when are you going to do something about it? When is it going to come to fruition? Like we've been trying, we've been turning over stones and head coaches and so on and so forth, but we don't see anything, anything productive nothing, out of the Jets. Nothing. Yeah. If I was those, those, hello. Uh, <laughs> yeah, hello and goodbye to the Jets. <laughs> if I was those, those first round picks, 2021, 2022, I'm, uh, I'm uncomfortable. I don't know if I'm going to be there past three years. I don't know. Speaking of which, I think that's a great segue into our next topic about the New York Knicks and their next head coach. Please elaborate. Let's let's okay. let's hear it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So, mm-hmm. so now, uh, last week it was announced that Tim Tim Tom Thibodeau is going to be the next head coach of the New York Knicks. Now, first of all, Stacey, how many times in the last 10 years we heard that? <laughs> the next head coach. The next head coach. The next head coach for the New about, York About okay. 12 times, something like that. Now, let me tell you about this. So we just talked about how in, with the Jets, the players that are there, that get drafted there, they're there in rotation for three years. Okay, so the coaches that the New York Knicks draft, they're only there for about two to three years as well. Case in point, we had hmm. last, last we had David Fisdale. He was there for a year. Then before that, Jeff Kornacek, he was there for two years, okay? Then we had Derek Fisher. He was also there for two years, all right? Then we had Mike Woodson. He was there for two years, okay? And then the last person that stayed two years or more was Mike D'Antoni from 2008-2012 with the name. Mm-hmm. Mind you, when Mike D'Antoni ended his career there or ended his tenure with the Knicks in 2012, that was only eight years ago. They've had one, two, three, four coaches since then. And that's not even that's not even considering um, Mike Miller. I think that's a gentleman who was fi- stepping in after David Fizzo was was uh, dismissed. How many coaches y'all gonna go through? And you talking to five years? Yeah, might as well sign to three years because that's all they get. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get in New York. So, um, so how I feel about the hire uh, itself, not the, not about the money. Um. Well, we know that his last stint, he was with the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? And we saw how that went. He had a young roster there, and or younger roster there with some perennial all stars, Cat uh, and uh, Butler. We know they had some some tension there. Uh, they also had um, 
I remember Jose Ed. Uh, Andrew um, Wiggins too. Yes, Andrew Wiggins. You know, and that that uh, that equation. I don't know how that equation went out. You know, Butler's Butler's where in Miami now. After being with the Bulls, now he's in Miami. Cat's still there. Andrew Wiggins. Where is Andrew Wiggins went again? Who knows? The Warriors. With the Warriors. Oh, all right. He's with the Warriors. <laughs> and so I don't really know what Tim Tom Thibodeau. I don't know why I keep calling him Tim, but Tom Thibodeau. I don't know what he's going to do with the Knicks. Like he's a lot of work to do. Um, granted, I think that when he when he became the head coach for the Timberwolves, he they were at the bottom of the barrel there, and they, and they did come up a little bit. But I think that's more or less obviously more or less compared considering that the players that he had. Now, with the Knicks, his last day, how you say his last name, um, but you have him over there as well. But I think they have a lot of, they have a, he has a lot of work to do. And I'm not quite sure if he has the patience to do it. I don't know if the Knicks going to have the patience because you see the track record. Everybody stays for about two two years or so. <laughs> yeah, that's all he got. That's all he got. The time begins now. The time begins now for him. Um, how I feel about this hire? Uh, I think... I think it can be a good hire. I think it yeah. can be. Uh, Tim Thibodeau, uh, he's known as a defensive-minded coach, for one. Tom and two, Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. Tom Thibodeau. He's known as, <laughs> <laughs> he's known as a defensive-minded coach, for one. For two, he's he been to the playoffs numerous times. And like you mentioned, he brought the Timberwolves from the bottom to the AC that year. I mean, Thibodeau, his, his style works as far as getting players – getting the team into the playoffs. I think he can do that. Matter of fact, I think if the Knicks, if they stay together, they add a couple pieces, move some things around, I think a couple years, in a few years, they can be in the playoffs versus Tom, with, with Tom Thibodeau as their coach. Now, here's the thing. This is the thing that always gets him in trouble. He always uses up his star players. He uses them up to the max to the fullest extent, and, and they don't be the same after that. Look what happened with the road with uh, Derrick Rose with the Bulls. Look, look what happened with Jimmy Butler. Um, and also, his system is tough. And if you're not tough mentally, it's not gonna work. Like, let's bring up Timberwolves again. The problem was Jimmy Butler had a problem with Cat and uh, uh, Andrew Wiggins, them not being tough. So I'm worried about how the Knicks players are going to take this new system, like because the system features. R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson. Can they, you know, step up? Can they uh, align with with his style? And if they do, I think the Knicks can make the playoffs. I mean, uh, I think they can grab one of them bottom seeds, six to eight. I think they can do that in the East where, you know, the bottom is always changing. It's always a revolving door. So I think it can work. Do I see him being there for the full five? Ah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we three. Know I can see three. <laughs> yeah, we see the. Pool. I can we see, three. see it already, though. You know. Um, yeah, I saw somebody. I think on Twitter that says something about uh, God bless R.J. Barrett's knees, considering how how he runs and runs his players or whatever the case may be. So, so um, maybe you're right. We'll see. We'll see how it how it goes down. But you do know that they're gonna have to revamp the roster. Again, oh, they yeah, have to do yeah, that. That's going to have yeah. to change. Yeah, and but I don't even know what bank. kind of – I don't know what kind of equity they have in the bank, though, as far as their picks. I'm not really sure what the draft pick situation is um, for them, what they have, to, you know, an arsenal to use, to trade away. But in how, And then, you know, bringing up Kevin Durant, remember Kevin Durant talked about, like, um, you know, going – like, talk about the Knicks, like, 
what else can they what what can they bring to the team? Like how they gonna how they gonna attract um free agents to or bring in players to come there? I think next year they gotta show that they improved under uh, Coach Tibbs. So they gotta show that they can win a little bit. I think that I think they'll help them out. I think next year if they all gel together and they uh, retool that roster, which features like 15 power forwards and like 36 shooting guards, I think right. they can. Uh, <laughs> I think they can do something. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see because you know time is time is limited and just the same thing we said with the with the new york jets we'll see what the future holds with the new york knicks yeah oh Don't my count goodness on the knicks new york fans. new york what's going on what's going on with y'all future know, baby y'all <laughs> who are you talking to oh <laughs> uh, hey you you right there in the middle of things you know what's going on <laughs> all right let's move on let's move on uh okay so the NBA announced that when they pick their season award winners, they're going to go by the first uh, 60 games, I believe. So this week, Magic Johnson had his list of award winners come out. And here they are as follows. For most improved player, he got Brandon Ingram. For coach of the year, he has Taylor Jenkins from the Memphis Grizzlies. Rookie of the year, John Morant. Defensive player of the year, Anthony Davis, and for the MVP, none other than LeBron James. All right, so let me break down this list. Uh, let me Hold bring on. a coach of the year. Hold on, one, one second. And then if, as far as the executive year, he had like four different names. I know Rob Palenka was in there, um, and he had other executives. I just wanted to put that out there because that's three different Lakers individuals or pieces <laughs> of organization that are involved. I just wanted to put that out there, but continue, Stacey. Go ahead. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, no, you're welcome. <laughs> Coach of the year. Uh, I didn't. I did not think about him. Um, I remember on Crown Hoops, uh, we talked. We did this award thing, and I picked uh, Nick Nurse. But I think I might change my vote. I did not think about Taylor Jenkins. Uh, look where the Memphis Grizzlies are at. They are right in the middle of things. They could get that AC for one of two. They playing out of their minds. Even though they're playing, um, you know, warm-up basketball right now, look how they're looking. Look how John Moran is looking, which Magic Johnson has him as the rookie of the year. And I, I, you know what? I, especially if they make it in, I, I'm going to have to give them that. I'm going to have to give them coach of the year. I, I'm sorry, okay. Nick Nurse. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I got to go back on my word. Uh, I got to yeah. give what Chris do. You got a ring, man. So you good. You you all right. He's a little improved right now. Most most. Most improved player, um, Brandon Ingram. I can see that. The the reason why I didn't pick him originally because I expected him to improve. You know what I'm right. saying? Like I expected right. him to grow outside of the Lakers. Now he got a chance to shine. He getting more shots. I I expected this play from from Brandon Ingram. So rook, rookie of the year, duh, no brainer. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody else there. MVP. This is the toughest one. I, I still think that Giannis is the MVP or should be the MVP. Uh, he's better at rebounding, better stats at rebounding, better stats at points per game, higher field goal percentage. You know, LeBron does have him beat and assist. Um, the, the Bucks, they are, I think they have the best record in, in the NBA. And we've seen the Bucks without Giannis, they look, they look kind of, kind of trash, kind of like trash a little bit, but. 
Mm-hmm. I, I still got Giannis slightly over LeBron. Defensive player of the year, Anthony Davis. I, I, I agree with that, but I do want to give a shout-out to Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons been on the turret this year defensively. Like, not many people has done well against Ben Simmons. So, I want to give him a shout-out, but I agree with that overall. What, what you think of Magic Johnson's uh, award list? You want me to be biased or no? Hey, we got to be objective. We, we in the media. We got to be objective. We got to be true. No, we got to well, be real. Um, we, we gotta... <laughs> well, I'm not, and I'm not even talking about just off the strength of the Lakers itself. I love Matthew Johnson, so. But, um, <laughs> well, first of all, I'll give, give you credit because back when we started the season, you had in the end of season one, you had announced that you thought that um, John Morant would be rookie of the year, and that, that's come true. That's, and actually, we saw that. That's going to be unanimous, that. <laughs> we saw that's unanimous that John Moran is going to be the rookie of the year. So shout outs to him. Um, yeah, um, I didn't even think about the uh, coach of the year in, in the Grizzlies, um, Taylor Jenkins, like you mentioned. Like he's a he has a young roster, young as hell, right? And then on top of that, um, isn't he, is, correct me if I'm wrong? Isn't he a rookie coach too? Uh, I think so. Right. So. So rookie coach for rookie players, and you have a fight. You have a chance to fight for the the eighth seed. You know, after we warm up basketball, I think that's pretty good. So I I don't disagree there. Um, Brandon Brandon Ingram, as far as M M M I P, right? Most improved player. I actually looked at his stats, compared it uh, from last year and this year. I feel like if he had a little bit more. Uh, if he's a little healthier, because he because he missed about twenty games last year and this year, so or, or I'm sorry, last year. So if he had, um, if he could stay a little stay healthy, I know he had that issue with his shoulder, right? So I guess that that, that obviously played a part in it. But like you mentioned, I do I did expect as well for him to do better because he has more room to be the player that he wants to be. It was it was gonna be too crowded. It was too crowded anyway down there with with um, you know, down in L A with with everything else we had going on over there. Sorry. LA had going on over there. Um, but no, I think I, I don't really disagree. Oh, MVP, that part. Yeah, the Giannis without or the Bucks without Giannis does look like an entirely different team. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And that's cause and that's even considering that he doesn't have the assists, the assist like uh LeBron does. Um who would I give it to in that category? Unbiasedly. Uh <laughs> I don't know. I think that's still in mm. the air for me. I say it's still in the air for me because Understandable. not 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 for nothing, like when that when Lakers didn't have LeBron, I'm not saying that we looked up trash when we was running around in circles, but like it, it's kinda not it's kind it's not as bad as Giannis. So I guess that's that's that or, or it's not as bad as the Bucks without Giannis is what I'm saying, um, with LeBron. But I mean it's up in the air. It's up in the air. I don't, yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, it's up, it's up I, that's, that's understandable. That's understandable. Yeah, I, then, I think a lot of people struggle with that right there. Yeah. And then, of course, I, I do agree with Defensive Player of the Year with Anthony Davis. Yeah. That's it. Overall, Magic Johnson, great job. You did a great job yeah. on this list. Uh, you, know, appreciate you know how that. Magic do. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I, I, like, I like Magic's takes. I like yeah. his takes. Yeah, I do too. Uh, like his takes, his tweets, for the most part. You know what I'm saying? He's definitely a businessman. I, I really respect Max Johnson, even as a businessman. I'm even talking about as a Laker, as a businessman, as a person, as an individual. You know who he is, but but yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, when does when does that come out officially at the end of the season? 
Uh, I'm not sure yet. We got to double check on that, but uh, pretty sure cool. it's probably at the end of the season. But right. we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, going to move on to this topic in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Unfortunate topic here. We got to talk about it here. The Miami Marlins are going through a coronavirus outbreak. Um, when I sent you the episode list, they had 11 players tested positive. Yeah. That number has went up to 17. 17. Yes, yeah. 17. 17. Um, 14, 17, I think it's 17. That no, has it went up. Mm-hmm. It's 17. That, okay, so it has gone up ever since. Um, a lot of people think that not only Miami Marlins should cancel their season, but the MLB should cancel their season entirely. But the commissioner, Rob Manfred, said that he's not going to do that. It's going to continue on with the season. So the big question is, should the Miami Marlins cancel the season or should MLB as a whole cancel the season? Which they about, they're about four or five games in right now, I think. About four or yeah. five. Um, yeah. It, this is hard. This is hard because it's like for one, they're at the point of no return. They already they already started. They already right. started. They already moving and everything. Uh, but then again, this is dangerous because you got the Marlins. They either got to sit these games out or they got to, you know, uh, reach to the roster. Whoever gets tested positive, they got to stay back. And then they got to carry new players in. Then that could be a danger within itself because you don't we don't know what's going on. And I believe right. they played the game uh, right around the time they uh, got tested positive, those 17 players. So it's it's a hard thing. I, I like I don't I don't know. I I think maybe the Marlins themselves should sit out, but then that's going to that's going to hurt scheduling. So whoever played the Marlins, now we got to fill them them gaps in with something or cancel those games entirely. They already got 60 games, so it's like it's tough. Like I'm. Going back and forth between the Marlins sitting out or or not, I I don't I don't know. What what you think about this situation? I, I think I think it's interesting because I I remember like when this whole when the whole coronavirus outbreak came on and everything, and I was thinking about oh well, MLB they barely touch each other, so it's like they barely touch the other the opponent, right? Right, but they still interact in the locker room and the dugout and so on and so forth. So so I when I first when I, First talking about like, well, MLB should have been back in play. Like they don't get it, they shouldn't be affected. But I was naive in the fact that thinking about where else they they interact with excuse me, they interact with each other outside of the game. Um um, so right now it is Marlin Zero and COVID seventeen, right? I think that's pretty high considering it's only Tuesday, you know, and that's the only thing that we know. We don't know about the staff, we don't know about Anybody who else is, you know, around the organ, around the organization, the players, this number can potentially go up. But it does bring a lot of concerns about scheduling. It brings concerns about contracts. It brings concerns about um, just the, the MLBs. It's the, um, I'm sorry, the Marlins as itself, and then the bigger picture or the next step up, all the rest of the Florida teams. Okay, and the next step up, the rest of the league. Right? We know that. So, so my thing is like, where is this? How is it happening? Like, is it? Be, it I, I believe it's because it's Florida. Florida has the number one places another is the number one state that has so right. many cases per day so it's definitely because people's is outside people is outside they outside down in, in florida so so that's that's a lot of exposure that's that's risky business um why didn't the mlb consider doing a considered i guess how they can do a a bubble like like the WNBA or an nba i don't know if that's feasible i i, I don't get paid to think that far ahead but 
I'm just saying that maybe it that could have happened. Um, I just feel like the numbers could definitely rise there. Like, um, it's a safety hazard. Can they shut the league down? I don't know. I feel like you got to see how how far it goes, maybe. But I feel like I feel like we all were, all across the board, sports all across the board. We knew that there's gonna be some type of delay. There's gonna be definitely a delay, just considering about what considering what we're what we're dealing with here. So, so it's just risky business. Yeah. And, and as you can, uh, depending on how they how they go about things, we'll definitely see how what's more important. What are they considering? Are they considering the factors of health for players and staff? Or they more concerned about the business and money. Well, we're about mm. to, we definitely about to find out which at which side of the fence the MLB, particularly Rob Manfred and the owners, are 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 going to be on in the um the player association. Yeah, and I I want to uh, piggyback off what you brought up the whole MLB should be in the bubble. I think they I thought they was going to do that because you you know um for spring training they only in two places they're in Arizona and then they're in Florida. So you know uh, the West, the West teams, Arizona, East teams, and Florida. I thought they was gonna do that, and I thought they should have done that. That would have been the logical thing to do because everybody else is in a bubble. Uh, football, we don't know. The NFL, we don't know what they're gonna do exactly yet, but they're probably gonna figure that out. I thought baseball should have did that. Now, ironically, the bubble will be will take place in two states that are high in the coronavirus rate in Florida yeah. and Arizona, but. Yeah. Then again, you know, if if um, the NBA, NBA can do it, they can do it. Here's the problem. This is supposed more of baseball. There's a separation between organizations and and players and whoever, the commissioner and all that. That's a separation. First of all, it took them a while just to get to 60 games to agree on a season. It took them a long time to do that. And now you got this where basically – the commissioner says whatever is not it's not my problem right now. It's on the Marlins, whatever they do. And then the Marlins owner is like, we don't know what to do. There is some sort of separation right there and that needs to be filled. That gap needs to be filled. And this this is a problem because now we got one team. They don't they in limbo. Like what what do you do? Do you press forward, like you said, for business, or do you pull out for personal? I it's a it's a dicey situation to be in for tomorrow. No, it is it's, it's real dicey. I mean, and like I said, everyone's gonna face this. Um, everyone's gonna face this issue, maybe excluding the NBA and WNBA just because they're already in a bubble. But when we talk about the NFL, what they finna do? Because you, if you look at if you look at all the players that are who have the option to opt out, okay, they will. You know what I'm saying? You got a couple of notable players now that in the NFL that are gonna opt out. They, they got families, they got young fam, young babies at home, so they don't want to bring that bring that there, or nor do they want to be separated from their family. You know what I'm saying? Um, even if you think about college football, like I was watching ESPN today, and they were talking about how um the Big Twelve and the SEC both want to play their football games. Huh? I mean, mm. yeah, but like, huh? Like, how is that about to happen? You can't. Can you put all the leagues in bubbles? No, I don't think you can put. I don't think there's enough money for all that. Uh, I saw somewhere that the NBA bubble cost 180 million dollars to do that. Mm. 
put NBA money, NBA got money. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like it's going to be an ongoing thing. We know there's going to be salvage of plays again, um, just considering of how high these, how high the outbreaks are in various states and in various leagues, various places. So it's definitely something to watch, you know, just hope everybody stays safe. Like, stay safe, wear a mask, don't look the mask. That's all I'm saying. That's my public health announcement for the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't I, that that whole college thing too. And uh, I read a report about uh, the NCAA not even going to decide what to do with fall sports until August, which Hell. is you know, which is I, which is very close to you know when the the fall sports supposed to take place. And then we got a lot of athletes here who are depending on their senior season, who uh, who depends on their scholarship and everything. So we got a lot hanging in the balance here. And, and I, I hope everybody. Figure it out on a positive note. I, it's, it's just tough right now. I think that I think that you're right about that. Um, about the concern about this, the college football seasons, about uh, or college football period. I think who who was who got a report? I think Michigan, Michigan, and another school. They uh they had a report and they had they go, they put all these series these these you know precautions there like gloves and masks for everybody and taking temperature and doing temperature checks and stuff like that and that's that's great and cool but you know it's still there like it's it's still there it's still gonna it's still gonna be there until we have and 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 it's unfortunate that it's happening at all right for those seniors that are depending on this senior season and. If it gets canceled, then you know they're all set. They've got three years with the stats, three year, three years, or maybe two years the stats, or whatever the case may be. Not enough for stats that they need to press on for next year's draft and so on and so forth. But it's a real pandemic, like yeah. <sighs> I don't know what's gonna happen, but you know we'll we'll stay tuned. We'll do. stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, all right. Here's the last topic of the day right here. This is a tough one right here. When I seen this on, on Twitter, I, I immediately was scratching my head and I was going back and forth with stats and all that stuff. All right, so um, it was a tweet out there that posted a picture with three premier WNBA players, Candace Parker, Diana Tarazi, and Sue Bird. And the, 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 the tweet read... Who would you rather have? Who would you rather have out of the three? And this, this you had a bench one, start one, yeah, and cut one. And cut one. Yeah. Uh, my bad. I forgot that question. But that that's <laughs> just I, I don't know. Like I don't I wanna do you have an answer? Yeah, because I've discussed it on Twitter a little bit. And if you talk about their Prime, you talk about their careers, their prime careers, like prominent careers. Diana Taurasi, Sue Bird, and Candace Parker. I love Candace Parker. I, I definitely love Diana Taurasi too. But I'm gonna tell you this right now, like I'm definitely starting Diana Taurasi. I feel like that's a mm. no-brainer. That's mm. a no-brainer. She uh, she does it all. You know what I'm saying? Granted, she may not have had be have the height like Candace Parker, but you know, the bigger you are, the the harder you fall. Like you saw in the game this past week, um, uh, Brittany Garner got her shot blocked by somebody who's significantly shorter than her. So, so 
you know, we can always mix it up. The shorter players can do what the bigger play, the taller players do, and vice versa. So, um, I'm definitely starting Diana Taurasi. She's just phenomenal. Um, in and out, right? And then I'm gonna have to go with Sue. Sue Bird as um as who I'm gonna as who I'm gonna bench and I'm gonna have to cut Candace. Um, oh, whoa. That's what I'm gonna have to you do. Cutting Candace? Yeah. It, it pains me to do so. What? Wrong. Like it pains me to do so. But it's like, so you think about it, right? Uh, how how I thought about it, like just from their stats, just think, just from their in their careers, but also think about their ability. Like she's a big, she's a she's a big, right? She's not handling the rock. The the other the difference between especially with Diana Taurasi, which is why she's starting, is that she can handle the rock, she can shoot it, she can she's nitty gritty, she'll get the rebound, you know what I'm saying? She can she's she's gonna do it all for you. Now, uh who's getting the ball to Candace Parker? The ball has to get to her somehow, right? She know how to dribble? She does know how to dribble. Is she, she is, who's a better dribble as a who's a better dribble than the other two? Oh, I mean um comparing her to the other two. Is she okay. is she number one, number two, or number three? So you got to kick all into that factor yeah. into account. You know what I'm saying? I, don't get me wrong. Like, I don't want to cut Candace Parker. Like, I didn't want to do that. But 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 that's just what the cards I was out. Oh, <laughs> I was out. That's my opinion. Candace. I, I, I love Candace Parker. I want to just me put too. that out there. Yeah, I, I had a, for a long time, I had a crush on Candace Parker. Like, I mean, who, who did it? <laughs> Men or women? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> that's okay. that's how I got into WNBA, but uh, this is tough. Um, I, I think I just came up with it though. I, I got the answer. I got the answer. Okay. Uh, we think the same on this. Gonna start Diana Taurasi. She's the all-time leading scorer in WNBA history. Countless All-Stars, couple rings, and Finals MVPs. You can't argue that. Now, here's where we separate. I'm benching Candace Parker, and I'm cutting Sue Bird. Okay. Even though Sue Bird is the eighth leading all-time scorer, she and Tarazi, they like kind of the same. They kind of do the same thing, but Diana does it better. Mm -hmm. Diana leads the NBA in scoring, like I just mentioned. She got rings. Sue Bird doesn't really stack up to Diana Taurasi and you know having Candace off the bench we talking about a big who, who got post moves to block shots dunk and dunk the basketball she got little handles too you're going to need that off the bench you're going to need a big off the bench that can score and that can do all that stuff but you know I'm starting Diana Taurasi that was tough because I was going back and forth between who I was going to start Parker Taurasi I think Taurasi if I was running a team would give me a better start at the game than Candace Parker would. I think Candace Parker in this scenario will be great off the bench. And yeah, I'm I'm cutting Sue Bird. Her, her name just don't hold weight compared to the two. I'm sorry, Sue. That, I, mean, that's, I, I get that. That's just what I, it is. No, I, I understand that part. I, I I guess. I guess. I mean to each his own. It's definitely a hard decision. Like I don't want to cut Candace. But I, you're right, to take her off the bench is definitely give you a surge in, in your off in, in your offense. Um so Tip chat yeah. or shoot, however it goes. <laughs> I don't have a hat on, but there we go. Pass off. Um, can all. we go back to one topic we did talk last about last week, which was the Washington National Football Team or now the Washington Football Team? Um, so I saw like a lot of people like were 
like given a lot of backlash about um the team the name that they chose for at least 2020 season let's say right now football team yes it's plain as day yes it's mad generic no thought or nothing extra but it's like it's like, what did you want the team to do? I'm, all right, so so somebody brought it up on, on, on Twitter and said, well, they had all this time. They've had all this time, but they didn't think they had to implement it. The, the, there was, there's been so many different opinions about, you know, opinions and, and, dis, and uh, disapproval about the name that they previously had, the Washington Redskins. And I don't know, I don't remember how long the franchise has been a franchise with that name for, but they've had it for this for that long, and now 2020, they decided they, they want to make a change. And and not until, as we both discussed last week, um, it wasn't until the money, until the endorsers, FedEx and Nike, no, I believe, I they, they were like, yo, you got to change this name, else, you know, we can't have this partnership anymore. You know what I'm saying? So, so that's the only reason why it was a driving force now. So it was said that, okay, the the Washington Nash, the Washington football team had uh, ample time to have different plays in the book to create a new a new name. And granted, they didn't know. They didn't care that much to know. And mm. I feel like now, I feel like now it's like, okay, yes, they have the Washington team, but I feel like it's a safe bet. Just they're just being a safe. They're just being safe to, to just run with it, to go with it this year. Because I feel like if I rather play, I rather them play it safe. As opposed to rush into a new name, offend somebody else, make some other name that don't make no sense, or came from somebody else, or came from something else. I just feel like they need to, they need the time. I feel like, I guess the argument against me or against this is like, oh well, they had all the time, but they didn't think that, or nobody thought that it was going to be a change. <laughs> like, right, like wouldn't right. change, wouldn't change for years, decades, whatever the case may be. And they didn't think there was, oh well, this is now now they did for real. Now we for real for real about changing the name. You know what I'm saying? So so not for nothing, like. Leave it as simple as it is. Washington National Washington Football Team. Leave it. Leave it as it is. Get, they're gonna have to have time. I'm sure now they're everyone. They're uh, they're branding, marketing people that are behind it. They have to now configure a new new name, new scheme of design. You don't want them to rush into that. So let it be as a Washington the Washington Football Team and then get off their back. Like just let that be. You don't want them to rush into it. You don't want them to, to screw it up again or offend another play another. Uh, Set of another set of people, you know, another population. Sorry, you don't you don't want that to happen. So it's it's best that they just take this generic name and just run with it. I saw a lot of people like against it. Even LeBron, yo, just relax, fam. Like, just hold on. You don't want to rush into it. And the thing about it is, twenty twenty. So there's so many different types of people, different types of um, origins, and so on and so forth that you can that you can po- potentially um, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You could potentially Offend? Yes, thank you. You potentially offend, right? So I feel like you definitely need to take your time with this. It's, this is not something that you can just drop overnight, drop within the last month when the last straw has been has been thrown out. Okay, so I feel like that the Washington National Football, Washington Football Team, rather, is fine for right now. They have granted they definitely have a lot of work cut out ahead of them for sure, but this serves its purpose for the time being, and that is how I feel on that. Mm. It's going to have to be all right now because it's, it's, it's going to be such a quick turnaround. We are at the end of July. The season, the preseason starts in what, like two weeks? Something like that. Then the regular be, season. Oh, yeah. Then you got the regular mm-hmm. season, first weekend of September. That's, that's a short amount of time because not only you got to get a name, then you got to think about the colors, 
Then you got to think about the logo. Then you got to print out new jerseys. You got to sell new merchandise. You got to do all of that. And that's not an easy turnaround. It's not quick. Right. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not. That's exactly why I'm saying, yo, let the, yes, the nail is basic as hell. Yes, I get it. But this is what they have to do. Else you offend another group of people. And we're back in the same, we're back in the same story. Back in the same story another 10 years when, when something else pops up or something else becomes offensive or whatever the case may be. So I think everybody needs to just relax. Just sit it on down, relax. Yeah. Even though it is going to be a little weird. You know, I, I wonder yeah. how many, uh, <laughs> how many like play by play announcers going to like mess it up. As it didn't say the old name or something like that. It is going right. to just, you know, people, people are still messing up. San Diego Chargers and Los, Los Angeles Chargers still. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm. So, so, so it's, and, and, and let's, that brings us to that. So another point with that, you see how the San Diego Chargers moved into the Los Angeles Chargers, right? They kept the name. They just had to change where they're located. I guess it's a little more. It's simpler considering it's just a location change. And then they have their symbol. You know, I I don't think I don't I don't know if they're gonna stay the same say, with with their with their, lo- their current logo or whatnot. But like that might. What if they decide, they try to decide to change that too? I, I just feel like for them, it's, I guess it's a more, obviously it's a more simpler case with the Los Angeles Chargers considering it's just a, a name change. But it's like. It's they still took time to 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 do what they had to do about that. They just still took time to develop that, and that's simple as a Los Angeles just a change in the the city. They the Washington Redskins the, sorry the Washington Football Team has a lot of work to do. Like they have a lot of work to do, and you don't want to be offensive. So I feel like everybody needs to pump their brakes and just let the Washington team, okay, do what they got to do. Then we can, <laughs> then we can, we can, we can when they bring out the next name, the next name logo and such and colors. And we can talk about it. Then we can we can dissect that. But right now, it's- I can't I can't wait for them. Now we got we got a good game on tap here today. We got the Dallas Cowboys going against the Washington NFL team. <laughs> we do. We gonna see that. Oh man, that's gonna be weird. But uh, that was the end of episode two of season two of the Call You and Claire Sports Show. Thank you for watching or listening. Once again, I am the Immaculate. Don't forget that Stacey Carter just said. <laughs> I'm Natasha Glenn. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Cam. Uh, uh, thank you, Cam. Thank you. Cam, listen to the show, too. We got your back on here. But until Bye. next time. Until next time, we off. <laughs>